make sure you have a mentor that knows what they're doing and you're learning from someone who has what you want. My life completely changed once I started using mentors and getting that proper advice. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fun That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fun That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times given us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too, and make a determination on the max purchase price super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast and we don't get into any fluff. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. With us today, we've got the president of the Canadian Association of Rent-to-Own Professionals and someone who is nominated for the Canadian Real Estate Wealth Awards Joint Venturer of the Year in 2016. How are you doing, John Sinkoe? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Joe, and hello, best ever listeners. Well, my pleasure, my friend, and let's see a little bit more about you. By the beginning of 2017, you'll have raised over $17 million of private capital for real estate projects. You're best known for tenant-first rent-to-own strategy and use other strategies to help joint venture partners. Obviously, based in Canada. Where in Canada are you? I'm in a town called Fort McMurray, Alberta. It's very much like a mini Texas of Canada. It's a total oil town. And this is one of the towns that made the news a lot in the month of May because we had a lot of devastating forest fires. The whole town was evacuated for an entire month. So listeners may be familiar with our small city because of those evacuation news reports. And I can relate since you used a a Texas reference because I'm from Texas. So I am envisioning a bunch of Canadians with cowboy hats and hockey sticks. That's you are I, so <laughs> right, Joe, when you say that. <laughs> That's what I have in my head. So Wearing coveralls. And wearing coveralls. All right. I like it. And maybe with, with a piece of straw on their mouth. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. With that being said, John, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Absolutely. I'll be brief about it, but I'll go back to the beginning and I'll take us to today. I started real estate investing 11 years ago. So I was 23 years old at the time. I'd just gotten out of college. I had one business of mine that was more of a passion, but it had grown a lot and I was doing well. And I decided 
I don't want to go into the field that I studied, which was architecture. So I actually completely gave up going down that path. I did five years of architecture undergraduate degree and within two weeks decided, nope, I'm going to be a full-time real estate investor. and I'm going to learn how this works. Jumped out there, bought a property and really didn't know anything that I was doing. I got lucky and I did really well. It was probably one of the best ROIs I've ever achieved ever because we turned $7,500 into $75,000 in a fairly short time. But I was smart enough to know that I would not be able to do that over and over and over again. And I knew that I would need a system. And I knew that you could go talk to other people and you could get OPM, which is other people's money. I'm sure the listeners, a lot of them go out and raise capital from family and friends. And that's exactly what I had set out to do. And I wanted a strategy that I could pitch to them that I feel confident that I'd be able to return their money because I want to be able to have Thanksgiving dinner with them. (laughs) And so I went out there and I started learning, took a few courses, bought a few of them at some of those seminars that come through town. And that's when I really learned about rent to own real estate investing. And we can get into some of the benefits of that, but it gave me such confidence that I could do that, that I could approach my friends and family and ask them for money and feel good that I could actually return it to them. So I jumped straight into that strategy and have grown it as well as grown my reputation all the way to the point where I'm now the president of the Canadian Association of Rent to Own Professionals, which is a cross Canada organization. There's any Canadian listeners that are doing rent-to-owns, you really do need to check the association out. I'll plug the website www.carop.ca. It is a Canadian thing, so the American listeners, I don't think they'll really get any benefits from that site, but the Canadian ones can definitely get some. And so since then, I've learned how to do these rent-to-own real estate deals rather quickly in terms of setting them up. With the goal of doing 100 rent-to-own deals this year, despite some forest fires and delays, I'm not far behind that goal right now. I want to make sure I'm getting the terminology correct since I know some terminology is a little bit different in Canada. So is rent-to-own the same as lease option where you're bringing in a tenant, they are putting a down payment to own the place, and then they're making payments over a certain period of time and eventually they buy it from you? Yeah, you're absolutely correct, Joe. Rent-to-own lease to own, lease options. Those are all basically meaning the same thing. Okay. And there's two styles of rent own that I really focus on, and it depends what's going on in the overall economy. So one is the tenant first, where we find the person first, just like tenant first says, we find the right person to be able to buy a house for. And if they have enough of a deposit up front that's non-refundable, we don't give it back to them, and it's only to be used to buy the house. And if they don't buy the house, we do keep that deposit, which was one of the reasons I felt really good about the strategy, knowing that we had some money up front and the people doing it with us had some skin in the game. We'll buy them a house that they choose that works with their financials that we know they'll be able to buy from us after about two or three years. And those are about the length of time that we like to do these rentals. I'm not really into the long five-year-long deals. I, I don't see those ones working out very often. How many years I missed that? Usually two to three years. Two to three. Okay, cool. Two and to three years. Down yeah. payment initially, finance it for two to three years, and then there's a balloon payment where they have to buy it or they yep. lose their deposit and the money that they had paid. It can be a balloon payment. I do like if they pay rent plus a little bit extra. So even if they don't have the full deposit to be able to buy the house up front, 
they're coming to us for two reasons. They don't have enough credit or they don't have enough down payment, but they do need to have something. So a typical deal is someone puts down a down payment, has the ability to pay it off in two years. And during every month between the beginning and the two years, they pay rent. And is that accounted towards what their balloon payment is, or is that just rent to you? Yeah. So the way we do it is rent is rent, plain and simple. So whether it's myself, if I put my own capital in, bought this property for them to keep it simple, rent is rent. If I've used a joint venture partner, I'm probably going to have to send some of that money to them each month and make sure that the mortgage payment gets paid. And usually there's some cash flow. So after the rent is done being paid, they're going to pay a little bit extra every month. And that's going to get added to their beginning deposit. So that at the end of those three years, there is enough for them to be able to buy. So we're setting them up for success right from the start. And then all we have to do is make sure that their credit is also able to be able to be mortgageable. Then the program becomes successful and they buy it from us. Do you have a partner on the mortgage side you work with? Absolutely, I do. I actually use two different mortgage brokers. I have one that I use with my joint venture partners when we initially buy the house. And it's a girl named Shauna Gottfried. She always gets a yes, and she manages to get all my partners qualified. And that's what allows me to go out and buy these homes. And then I use a different mortgage broker for exiting the deal. And for that one, I use someone that his name is Bernie Norton. I mean, these are the people that I work with, but I'm sure everyone can have someone local that they find. Bernie is a credit specialist and a mortgage broker. So he monitors these people, and every three months, we meet with them, and we make sure that they're doing everything they can to have their credit where it needs to be so that at the end of those two or three years, they are able to buy the house. We really do want them to buy it from us. We're not in the business of having them not buy the house and keeping these deposits. And help me understand, you said the first mortgage broker helps get people qualified, but... I thought that would be the exit when you get qualified and you buy it. So what do you mean by helps get people qualified? The first mortgage broker, I call her my creative mortgage broker. Uh She knows when if I've got a joint venture partner and he's the one or she's the one getting the mortgage to initially do the purchase of the property. Sometimes we need a little bit of creativity and someone who can keep pushing the lenders to be able to get a yes. Okay. So you're not buying these places for cash then for the most part. Okay. We're buying them with mortgages in place. Cool. Um, By using leverage that way, we are able to make a bit more profits overall. Okay. That makes sense. And do you make money with either one of those mortgage brokers? I do have a pretty good referral basis going with my creative mortgage broker. So what she does is there's another way to get some private mortgages. And that's something that I've become an expert at. These private mortgages use pension monies. This is kind of a different topic, but since we're talking about financing, I'm able to provide her and her clients with some private mortgages where you're not dealing with a bank and you're dealing with an individual who can just say yes and give you a private mortgage. So she does that work for me and I send her some other work and she also sends me a lot of referrals that way. So we haven't actually exchanged any dollars between us We just reciprocate the business side of things. Okay, makes sense. What would you say is for someone who intellectually understands lease options 
and is listening to this conversation. It's like, wow, that makes a lot of sense. I want to get into it. How should they get started? Well, great way to get started is it's very important to have the right training. I know that mentors and being trained properly is a very important thing because it's what's going to ultimately bring you success as well as it means that you'll learn how to do something repeatable, which means you'll have a system to do it over and over. I actually do some training for people for rent to own, and I even created a free training series that if people are really want to spend some time grasping the concept of it, they can actually go to my website, and I've made over an hour and a half of free videos that just get emailed to them. When the emails with the links stop, there's no extra spam. I'm not really into that. I just want people to understand what rent-to-own is, what lease options are, and how they work. And if they take that free training, they'll know whether or not they should seek out full, complete training because you can't learn it all in an hour and a half. Or if they don't want to do it, then at least they had a taste and at least they understand that it's not for them. And that's at lionopportunities.com? That's correct. And it's under the rent to own section. There is a banner on the main page that they can click on as well. Cool. All right. Sounds good. I interrupted the flow when you said you've got two styles. First is tenant first. We talked about that. I imagine the other is property first, where you find the property, then you fill it in with the tenant, but I'll let you say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Joe. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The second style is property first. So our first style is tenant first, and that's really important because you've got to have the right person in the house, and we can pick a house that they really like. So tenant first, I find, is a stronger strategy, but when the market shifted, for example, what's going on in the oil industry, we've had a lot of layoffs in the last couple of years here, and I know it's been kind of similar in Houston and, and in Texas like that, so... We're seeing very similar things happen in the job market. And I started to get nervous. I said, I don't know if I want to buy a whole bunch of homes in case the market falls out a bit. And these people that are in them say they don't want to buy them at the end. They walk away. They'll be walking away from their deposit, but it may be a good idea for them to do so if the house isn't worth what it should be. So the style that I shifted to when the market and the economy turns around, it's no longer an upward moving economy. It's a downward moving economy. I look for property first. And that's usually finding some homes that are from some distressed owners. With job losses, you can see divorce. With layoffs, you see people not able to make their mortgage payments. So I go in and I find someone who will come and rent to own the home off the current owner. So I actually don't need to buy any properties doing that strategy. I just need to find a motivated seller who will keep the existing financing in place until I'm able to get the person who is going to be the rent-to-own buyer until I get them ready to be able to buy. And then I just facilitate the transaction between the two parties. And there's a number of different ways to be able to get paid doing that. And we've taken virtually no risk because we don't actually have any of our own money in those projects. Let's talk about a specific deal. How about the very last deal that you closed on? Can you walk us through how you found it, what the numbers are, joint venture partnership information, all that good stuff? Absolutely. I'm going to use an example of one that we did very recently. I'm just curious about the last deal you did. 
and if you want to briefly touch on that, then we can spend more time on that other example. But what about the very last one you did? The very last deal that I did was actually a property first deal. So I had a owner of a property. It was a husband and wife and the husband had been laid off from his work. He was a project manager and there's no new projects going on. So he has no work. The wife was working. They could just get by paying their mortgage and their bills with what she was bringing in and by renting one of the rooms out in their house to a friend of theirs. So maybe not the best lifestyle, but they're not going under, but they're certainly not happy with the way that things are working out. So I went to their house. I told them it was kind of a starter home that needed a little bit of work. That's nice. Properties that are very expensive, it can be hard to find people who will buy them just because these are mostly people who've never owned a home before. So starter homes are great to use, and this was one of those. So I went in, explained the program to them, got them to agree to how it works. I do have a video on my same website, lionopportunities.com. It's on the rent-to-own section. It's called Sell Your Home, and that explains to a home seller how the program works. After I got them on board with it, I take some photos of the house. I actually sent a photographer for that one. I try and minimize as much work as possible and only do the really critical steps that I need to do. That allows me to do more deals. And after that, we started marketing and advertising. I don't charge the people who have the home anything for that until I can deliver results and I find someone who is a good fit to go in their home. So it took about six weeks and I found a young couple who were renting They had a couple months left in their lease, and they wanted to be able to buy a place. They had a small budget. It was basically just enough to kind of stretch it a bit to get into this starter home. They had one child, and they were very shortly later after they got in the home, they had a second child, which you know tend to see a lot of that with families. Once they get in their rent-to-own home, it suddenly seems okay to have another kid or a first kid. They start getting comfortable, and they feel like they have a home, and As long as they follow the program, they will have a home. So I put them in the house. They're paying rent in that house. So it's now my responsibility to collect that rent, send it off to the owners. I do keep 10% of it as a bit of a management fee. So that's one place that I can make some cash flow out of. I do pay my credit coach who helps me exit all my deals. And we make sure that these people's credit are always moving in the right direction so that they can buy it at the end of the rental term. And I'll pay him a little bit out of that cash flow as well. And they're in that house for the next two years. So that was not too long ago that it was set up. At the end of those two years, they're going to buy the house. We've agreed on the price from the start. Now, this is a really critical part, and it's what allowed because we know what the house is selling for. So I could go to the sellers and look at how much of their mortgage is going to get paid down over the next couple of years because our real estate prices have dropped and they can't really sell it for what they owe on it. But in two years, they can actually sell it and come ahead by about $20,000. So it actually makes a lot of sense for these home sellers. They were completely agreeable to doing this. And our buyers that I found... They were just so excited to be able to get in a house, like a freestanding house instead of a townhouse style of living that could work with their budget. So they're in there and we're helping them save up. 
every month on top of their rent. And I predict a lot of success from that deal because we found the right people to move in the house. How much money will you make on that projected? On that deal, I do charge a setup cost and I charge that to the homeowner. Some of these people are in a bit of distress at times, so I can spread it out over several months. I am the one collecting the rent, so I do control the flow of cash that comes in so I can make sure that I get paid. But either way, I do charge the upfront setup that helps me pay my marketing and puts a little bit of money in my pocket. We do 10% of the rents throughout the deal, and then I charge another $10,000 at the end for what I call a successful outcome. It means I've picked the right people to put in the house. I'm willing to put my reputation on the line that I'm good at finding and picking these people that if I don't deliver the proper results, I won't get paid at the end. This works out to in and around, all said and done total, we're typically making about twenty-five dollars to $30,000 per deal that is property first with no money in the game. Over two years? That's right. Is there a different average of twenty-five dollars to $30,000 if it's tenant first? If it's tenant first, we tend to see a lot more profits. Reason being that the tenant first will make a lot more of a return in terms of profit because we're the ones that are benefiting from the mortgage getting paid down. In a property first example, the people who own it, I let them have what gets paid off the mortgage over time. And often they need that because that will allow them to sell their house at the end of the day. And so what's the average for tenant first? Tenant first, I'm seeing usually about fifty to seventy thousand dollars, sometimes over a hundred thousand and up. Our real estate prices here in Fort McMurray a bit higher than the average, and the more expensive the house, the more profits there are to be made in tenant first. On average though, you're making between fifty and seventy K over two years on tenant first deals. That's right. And when we look at what we're using as a down payment, we're typically making about 40 to 60% return on investment based on the down payment that we've used to buy that property. So we can pay a money partner, typically paying them about 15 to 20% to be hands off. Let me run my program. They'll get checks every month from the cash flow and they'll get some money at the end of the deal. The rest is mine for running the program. And I can pay my business costs out of that and still be able to profit using OPM to buy the property. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice ever would be make sure you have a mentor that knows what they're doing and you're learning from someone who has what you want. My life completely changed once I started using mentors and getting that proper advice. You ready for the best ever lightning round? You bet. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. A good mentor can hold the keys to your real estate investing success. I've seen that firsthand with my own real estate career. Whether you're just getting started in investing or have experience, a mentor is a must. Learn the secrets of real estate investing with Peter Vexelman at coachingbypeter.com. That's C-O-A-C-H 
I-N-G-B-Y-P-E-T-E-R.com. Best ever book you've read? Best ever book I've read would be The Art of Raising Capital, written by an actual mentor of mine named Darren Weeks. He is the only Canadian advisor to Robert Kiyosaki. I became friends and partners with him before Robert made him an advisor. So I had the benefit of learning alongside him, and I found that everything that he put in his book is what he taught me about how to raise money. And that skill is something that anyone can use to raise as much money as they want for any deal that they're doing. What's the best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? As personal best ever growth experience that I experienced would be the Blair Singer Sales Dogs training, another Robert Kiyosaki training style program. I learned how to sell. And if you can't sell, you're not really going to go very far. Everyone needs sales skills. And I found that to be a really excellent program. I started closing more deals right after doing that. What's the number one sales skill that you learned? Number one sales skill is to always focus on what's in it for them. What are the goals of your person that you're dealing with and your client? If you can meet those goals, great. They're going to be happy. You're going to be able to keep them happy. Don't ever put someone in a deal that you already know the results are not what they want, whether it's monthly cash flow or money down the road. Everyone has a different goal. So just make sure that you match up what people expect with the types of deals you're putting together that can deliver it. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I did was $100,000 in one day. It was a tenant first rent to own deal. It was actually one of the first ones I did after going through some training courses. I was able to pay my money partners over 20% and still make $100,000 for myself. It took me under eight hours to set the deal up. The tenant first clients that I was working with found the house that they wanted. It was a private sale. I went in and talked with the people. They still wanted to sell the house. My clients were such a strong candidate that I said yes, and I went and raised the money. It was my first time ever raising capital and actually getting people to say yes. Not everyone says yes the first time around, but that deal turned out to be fantastic for my money partners as well as for the people who got the exact house that they wanted And I still made over $100,000. The setup was in one day, under eight hours. I think that's pretty good per hour rate wage to be making. And you made 100 over the course of the two years, or you got a $100,000 check that day? It was over the course of the two years. Okay. But once these rent tones are set up, you meet every three months with them for about a half hour. So it's not a lot of follow-up work. These people that are in these rent tones take better care of the properties the normal renters because they are going to buy it. So they're not management intensive whatsoever. So majority of the work is in the setup. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I love giving back to the local sports teams. Every time I buy a rent to own, I do them in other cities other than my own as well, just because they don't require a lot of management. And I like to put a little bit of the profits from every deal that gets set up into the local sports teams for the kids. Now, I don't have kids myself, but I find that by giving to the kids, it helps create communities. And when renters become homeowners, you see that extra pride of ownership in the neighborhoods. And by giving to these child sports teams, it just helps reinforce that community message. And that's what we're doing. We're building communities by creating homeowners. So 
together they both help out. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? Biggest mistake I made in real estate was continuing to use the same joint venture agreements for different styles of deals and making slight changes to them myself instead of going to see my lawyer for each time I altered the document. I came up with the document the first time with my lawyer and used it for many years and I'd make small changes to it, but that also didn't always work for other styles of real estate deals that were not rent-to-owns and that got me into a little bit of trouble, which just meant that when one of my partners wanted to exit a deal, I couldn't follow the exact same way that I normally exit my deal. I actually had to cash him out of my own pocket because he was such a pain in the butt. And I just wanted to get rid of him and still give him his money back. And so if I had a better joint venture agreement for a that style of deal, that would have not happened. And he would have just had to wait until the deal was done to get paid rather than me just paying him out right there and then. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? The best place the best ever listeners can reach me is at my website, www.lionopportunities.com, L-I-O-N-O-P-P-O-R-T-U-N-I-T-I-E-S.com. They can sign up for the free Simple 5 Steps Rent-Own Training, and there's a couple emails that will go to them with links to some videos. They can reply to any one of those emails and it's going to come right to my inbox and we can have a dialogue from there. Well, thank you for being on the show, sharing with us how you've gotten to this point, focusing on lease options, talking about how you have the two different styles or approaches. One is tenant first, one is property first. I love how you got into the average profits per deal on each. I was surprised to hear the difference in the profitability. I'm glad that you talked through that in the rationale. Twenty-five to 30000 per deal on average for property first over a couple years and fifty to seventy-five k per deal over a couple years for tenant first. And then also, you know, talking about the system that you have in place and the lessons learned along the way, in particular with those contract documents and having the right contracts for each particular deal. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. A good mentor can hold the keys to your real estate investing success. I've seen that firsthand with my own real estate career. Whether you're just getting started in investing or have experience, a mentor is a must Learn the secrets of real estate investing with Peter Vexelman at coachingbypeter.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G-B-Y-P-E-T-E-R.com.